Welcome in to the Shop Management Show presented by AutoLeap. I'm your host, Will. This podcast will explore the experiences, challenges, and lessons learned of auto repair shop owners. We'll cover every topic imaginable from EVs to ADOS, right to repair, the technician shortage, and so much more. AutoLeap is a cloud-based shop management software that allows shop owners to better run their business, increase efficiency, and grow revenue. You can find a link to schedule a free demo with AutoLeap in the show notes of this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Moving to the second guiding principle that we mentioned, how do providing clear explanations benefit both the customer and the auto repair business? And then how can you effectively communicate that to your customers? Well, I think, first of all, you got to, in some ways, understand who you're talking to, right? And so, you know, what's the what's the personality of the person? Do I need to describe down to the detail how this is going to work? Or is this someone that really just wants to know, is it going to be okay? And are you going to treat me fairly, right? Which is the majority. So you, if you understand personality profiling, you know, there's one personality that needs all the details and they're C personalities, they're the engineers, and uh, they really need uh, the details. And you can use, like, we, we get caught up in um, these acronyms um, for things, e- EVR, EVAP, uh, e- EGR, the, um, uh, even like mode six or whatever. The, the customer has no idea what you're talking about, right? They, they, they're completely clueless. That's why they called you, right? I go into the doctor and he's like, well, you got a, a thermonuclear blah, 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 in your, in, and we got to do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, you, you mean you got to fix my heart, doc? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to fix your heart. Okay, great. You know, uh, how bad is it going to be? Well, you're going to be down for two weeks and there's going to be a couple of months of recovery. Oh, okay. Right. Is that what I got to do? Yeah. That's what you got to do. Instead of, you know, this is how the heart works and this is how it pumps the blood and this is where the blood goes and, the, you know, and that's why you need the blood, right? And and we do that. We, especially technicians who are talking to customers, you get lost in the details of how the thing works and 81% of your clients, they don't want to know any of the details. They just want, hey, you know, you got a problem with the car, it's putting that light on and it's making it run rough. And Now, we've, we've diagnosed that. And we found out exactly what the solution is. Here's the solution to that. And uh, here's what we got to do. And, and here's how long it's going to take. And does that make sense? Right. Um, again, physical, verbal cues. You're, you're, if you're watching me, you're seeing me. And, uh, and, and the customer goes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, great. Uh, and the good news is that, you know, it's only a $700 repair. Could have been a lot worse. Right. Um, and, and I can have that done for you this afternoon. Right. And, and, and even if you notice in my voice and my tone, like, and I can have that done for you this afternoon. I slowed down, brought my tone down, uh, because that's relaxing, right? And so I'm, I'm like, oh, here's the solution, and now we can take care of that for you. And, and um, you know, are you, are you, are you doing that? Are you clearly communicating with the customer? So here's another aspect of this. Um, I have an agenda. My agenda is make that appointment. Uh, we don't have enough cars in, whatever it is, right? We're, we we have stress, so I got to make that appointment. So you call and, you know, hey, uh, can you get my car in and 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 I need an oil change. Could you could you do an oil change? Uh, uh, yeah, I think we can fit you in a week from Wednesday. Okay. Uh, hey, you know, we're really tied up right now. Uh, is it really important? I mean, do you really do you need it? Are you going somewhere, or can we? You know, can we put you off for a couple of days and get you in? You know, what what are you looking for? And 
I'm not, you know, ask the questions of the, of the consumer, of the client, of the customer. Ask the questions. I, I don't even know which word to use anymore because we're, we're all into this, like, this word's okay and this word's not okay. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to transfer from customer to client because before we were doing something else and then it was, well, we've got to call them a customer. And now, I'm, okay, we, get, we need to talk to them about clients. Now we've got people talking to them about it as guests, which makes sense. But um, I, I, I really want to be as clear as I can and create the clearest expectation possible because uh, I want the customer to understand what the experience is going to be and then I want them to experience the experience. And then I want to tell them, you know, thank you for experiencing the experience, right? And I, I think when we have these agendas in our brain, they keep us from listening. And a good salesperson, all you're doing is watching and listening to the potential customer client because you're waiting for that clue. And I think also as service advisors, we're so inundated with price shoppers that every time we get a price shopper call, it's like it closes off a part of our brain, okay, and and it changes our physical um, our physical selves, and our the way we talk and what we say, and it's just like, oh, man, leave the brain open here. Just because they ask for a price doesn't mean they really need a price. Just because they ask for a price doesn't mean it's the cheapest price shopper you've ever met, even though you just had five of those, okay. So clearly state what the experience is going to be. And make sure they understand that. And one of the ways to uh, do that is active listening, right? Paying attention. And then the other way is to kind of repeat back to them, you know. Oh, so uh, you are going on vacation uh, this weekend. And so it is really important that you get your car in, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Great. Now they feel heard, right? And now I can maybe propose a solution that will work for them. Maybe not, right? Maybe I can't get the car in, Um but if I leave it in a good spot with that person and maybe help them with another solution, hey, I know a good shop in town that, that uh, probably can get you in. Uh, uh, would you like their number so you can give them a call? I think so much of this is about earning customer trust. And I can speak from a customer's point of view that if I'm, I'm at the shop and my car needs brake repairs and using super complex jargon to explain it to me and I look like I'm kind of over my head, but they're not they're recognizing those cues and not addressing them and not boiling it down to something I can explain. Long term, I'm not going to trust this shop for my needs in terms of my vehicle. But if I see that they're really drilling down to notice those cues and then wanting to address those, making sure that I'm walking out of the shop completely in tune with what's going to happen with my vehicle, then I'm going to bring my car back to that, that business for years. Yeah. Depending on the experience you have with them, you're going to come back and you're going to come back. And, and not only that, if you really have a good experience, you're probably going to tell, you know, what they say, seven other people or whatever it is. Uh, if you have a bad experience, you're going to tell 25, um, you know, uh, so the experience you have, the feeling you have when you leave the shop. And by the way, you can kind of screw up in the beginning if you save it in the end. Um, you know, hey, uh, here's here's what we did. Here's why we did it. Uh, I know you were a little tense about all this, but ju just everything's everything's great. The car's running well. In fact, if you like, I'll I, I go for a ride with you, so you can you know feel how good the car's running. You know, whatever, whatever's going to make that customer walk away from here. And, and again, we, we write the play. So, um, you know, are we leaving the customer? Like, let's say that you just spent two grand in my shop, right? And, uh, 
and and now I'm I've taken your money and I have your key in my hand and I'm going to hand you the key. So let's let's uh, let's do two, right? So here's one. Uh, um, uh, Will, here's your key. You know, have a great day. We'll see you when you need us. Okay, done. Here's another. Hey, Will, uh, do you mind giving me a promise? Well, well, Will, it's really two things. First of all, in about three days, someone's going to call you, and they're they're basically asking, did we do a good job? So if you can say we did a good job, Will, would you please um, recommend us to family and friends? Would you do that? Okay, great, 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 great. Here's the promise. Here's the most important part, Will. If you can't say we did a great job, would you call me personally and let me know so I can take care of whatever the problem might be? Great. And now I'm going to shake your hand and say, thank you very much, Will. You know, ha have a great day. If you need us, don't forget, we're here for you, right? Two different experiences, right? And so you walk away in one experience going, I just dropped 20, two grand with those guys. And you walk away in the other experience, you say, those guys really care about me, right? They really care if I'm happy. And I wrote the play. Believe me, I wrote the script. I practiced the script. I, I, I know how to deliver the script. And and it's not, it's not that it's just a script. It's not like I don't really care, because you've got to care. But you can, you can send different messages uh, by how you communicate with your clients, right? And, and you want them walking away feeling really good about what just happened and really good about you because that's how you get them back over and over and over again. Let's move to discussing customer concerns and why addressing those right away is so important. That was another important guiding principle of the ebook that you cited. So how can shops create a system for prioritizing these issues when they arise? And what should be their overall approach to proactively addressing customer issues when those come up? So I think we're talking about two different things. Uh, we'll start with the first, and that is, um, customer brought the car in because it uh, makes a, a weird noise when they make a left turn, okay? And so I'm going to do an inspection on the car. I may or may not have communicated that well with the client uh, as well as, um, you know, this problem with the wheel when they make a left turn or whatever the noise is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I figured out the noise. It's really not something that's very expensive or something that is safety-related, but I've got a safety-related issue or I have something I want to sell because it's very profitable for me. So uh, you and I are on the phone and I'm like, hey, Will, how you doing? Hey, um, you know, Will, uh, you, you have a radiator leak in your car. Uh, we found that during the inspection. And, um, you know, we need to put a radiator in the car and we'll have to do a thermostat and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, that's going to be about 1200 bucks. Oh, where's, where are you at, right? You're thinking, wait a minute, I didn't bring it in for a radiator. I brought it in for a noise uh, with the wheel. So the first thing that you always cover with a client, always when you call them back or when, after you've done the diagnostic or the inspection, is what they came in for. And here, here's why, really. First of all, that's what they came for, right? And so um, psychologically and, and statistically, they're more likely to buy that. So, you know, you're better off saying, hey, well, um, you know, we found out what the noise was. And uh, when you make that left turn, it's putting excessive pressure on the right wheel bearing. And so that right wheel bearing is starting to go out, and we need to replace that. And that's going to get rid of that noise for you. Now, Will, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, Cecil, that makes great sense. Okay, wonderful. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's not cheap, but um, we can get that done today, and it's just under 1000 bucks. 
Now, Will, I've got a couple of safety issues I'd like to talk to you on your car. Do you have a moment for that, right? And what that's, what that's called is a close and a redirect, all right? And so, you know, I didn't pay a lot of attention to the $1,000 you're going to spend. I kind of assumed that you were going to do it because you have this problem. You're more likely to do it because that's what you brought the car for. And then I'm, I'm, I'm actually taking your attention off of that. We solved that problem. And now we're going to talk about this problem. I'm moving you over to another thing. And now your mind is on this problem. We're going to talk about this problem. And we may talk about five or six problems, but we're going to talk about this problem right now, right? And, and so it's very important uh, sales-wise. If you, if you want to be the best salesperson out there, you will always cover the customer's concern first. Now, sometimes that customer's concern does not outweigh, and they only, ah, well, CISA only have $1,000. So uh, do we fix the wheel bearing right now or do we, you know, uh, fix the radiator? Well, we can't drive the car without the radiator. The wheel bearing's just starting to make a little noise. You might be able to get a month out of it, you know. So let's do the radiator, right? That's what I'd do if it was my car. And, and it, we might have that conversation. But, but we've already covered the wheel bearing. We've covered that, and you're comfortable with that. And if you want to be the best salesperson, you want to close the most stuff, you always start with the thing that they brought it because they're more likely to say yes. And the best time to sell something is after you've already sold something. So when the customer's in a yes mood, in a yes mode, best thing to do is get them to say yes to the next thing and yes to the next thing. And so when you line up your work order, you always talk about what, what they need first, what they came for. Second, you talk about safety. Third, you talk about anything that would save them money if it was done with the first two. Like, we're going to do the wheel bearing while we're there. Um, you know, you have this axle leak. We should fix that, right? And because we got, it's going to save you 400 bucks in labor. Oh, yeah. Geez, so that makes sense. Let's do that, right? And you don't talk about the cost. You talk about the savings. And, and then uh, last, well, not last, but fifth, fourth is maintenance. So things that, I should do the need the car needs, but it's not the end of the world, right? And then last on the list is always something you can give away. So it's something cosmetic or elective, something that doesn't matter that much. And the reason you put that on the list really is to create again. You're you're creating the play, right? And so I, I at the end you say, Cecil, wow, that's a lot of money. I said, well, I can save you some money. Let's take this thing off the list. That's going to save you a couple hundred dollars. And you're like. Ah, uh, you know what? Let's just get it all done. Or you might say, "That's great, Cecil. You just saved me a couple hundred bucks." I'm so I'm sending the message that I'm on your side. So that's 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 one thing. And then let's talk about um, comebacks and problems, right? Because I think that's the other part of this is is you know the customer's concern. Well, all of a sudden, uh, you know, we 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 fixed the car. It went out. It comes back. The customer has a huge concern because they just spend money with me. And now their car is not working right. Now, it might be my problem. It might not be my problem. So I need to act like I've never had a comeback. This is the first comeback ever and that this never happens. Oh, my gosh, Will. I am so sorry this happened. Uh, we'll we'll uh, find out what's going on, and we'll let you know. And by the way, if it anything to do with what we did, you don't have to worry about it. It's going to be no charge. Uh, if it's anything else, I will talk to you before I spend a nickel of your money, right? And so... We're having that conversation. I'm, I'm making it seem like it's the end of the world, right? And that we care. And, and by the way, we do. But I've, I've been in this business for 43 years. Do you know how many comebacks I've seen and dealt with and had? Um, 
uh, I was talking in class the other day, and I was like, you know, we had motors blow up, you know, uh, not because we did something wrong, but the car had a lot of miles. We spent money on other stuff, and the car was running great, and, you know, 800 miles later, the engine explodes. You know, not not my problem, not my, you know, not my fault, but, man, that customer needs to know. First of all, I don't want to take responsibility. You notice that I didn't take responsibility for the problem yet, until I, but I was going to solve it, okay? Um, I, in class the other day, I was talking about having a wheel fall off of a car, uh, and, and you, people were rolling, oh, my God, you ha- you've had a wheel fall off the car? In 43 years, brother, you know, yeah, we've had a wheel fall off of a car. Um, and I've had lots of clients that had a wheel fall off of a car. And I could tell you some interesting things that have happened lately that, that we all would go, oh, my God, that happened? Not with me or my shop, but with in some of the other shops that we work with. But but we need to act like it's the end of the world for the client. But on our side, when we start talking to our techs and stuff, again, I can create a um, I can create a problem right off the bat. Hey, you need to get this car and get it checked out. You screwed something up, right? Well, wait a minute. First of all, I don't know if he screwed up or she, um, and I don't know that it's our problem. So, hey, you know, we got a car that came back. We had it last. You you had it a week ago. You did this work on it. Could you could you get it checked out? And let me know what it is. Right. I don't need to chew this guy's butt. When he finds out that he did something wrong, he knows it's his fault. Right. So I don't need to jump all over him. And by the way, it's not an emergency. It's not. There's only two emergencies in in the shop, right? Um, blood or fire. Um, you know, if 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 something that we're if somebody's hurt, that's an emergency. We drop everything. We take care of it, right? Um, if somebody's gonna be hurt, like uh, I see somebody go under a rack and the rack isn't isn't right, um, I'm gonna drag you out of there by your hair if I have to to get you out from under that car because consequences are death, right? And so, um, and then the other thing is, is the building on fire? Other than that, don't treat it like an emergency. And, and a customer's car, even if the whole car blew up, you know, the car blew up and it caught on fire and it burned on the side of the road. Well, at this point, I can't, I, you know, I might be speechless, but um, it's not the end of the world. Did anybody get hurt? No, everybody's fine. Great. Ah, okay, now we can take a breath. Now we can say, okay, what do we got to do? Do we contact our insurance? Is it our fault? Did we cause the problem? If it isn't our fault, how do we help the customer, you know, with whatever the ramifications are going to be? How do we help them get in a good place? I'm not going to take responsibility for it till I figure out it's my responsibility. And then I'll 100% take responsibility. So, you know, again, these are all extreme things. But it, it, it's funny to me. I'll be in a shop and, and a car will come back. Uh, you know, I'll give you a, a, for instance, in my own shop, I'm a service counter one day, customer comes in and says, this car's got a rattle. Every time we go around a turn, it's got a really pretty big rattle in it, right? So I'm like, okay, great. You know, I write it down, rattle, blah, blah, blah. Customer leaves, and I'm like, well, I got a few minutes. Let's go drive this thing, right? I drive the car. There's a bowling ball rolling around in the trunk. I swear to God, it's it's denting the inside of the trunk. So I get the bowling ball. There's a towel in the trunk. I wrap it up in a towel. I put it in the back seat so it can't roll anywhere. I go drive the car. No more rattle. Car's great. Call the customer. Hey, got your rattle fixed. Found your bowling ball. I said, oh, yeah, I knew the ball was there, blah, blah, blah. Car- customer comes up and picks up the car, drives about three blocks, turns around, comes back, and he's upset because we didn't solve his problem. Okay? 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's, I'm sorry. You know, I thought for sure that bowling ball was the problem. And, and, and so I went for a drive with the customer. Uh, again, it's not the end of the world, right? It's not an emergency. Went for a drive and, and they got a little bitty squeak when they go over a bump at low speed because they got a strut mount that's squeaking a little bit, right? So I'm like, oh, that's the noise you were hearing. Yeah, those are strut mounts, right? Here's what we need to do to fix that. We ended up fixing it. Customer was fine. But I, you know, in this case, I'd have to yell at myself, you didn't fix the right thing. I've got a customer back. And I, I get it. I mean, I, I know some shop owners, their lives are pretty stressed out. And they've got three, four cars coming back every day, you know, 10 a week. And, uh, and, and it's no wonder they're stressed out, but eh, not an emergency. Make sure you, you put things in, in the right order and that you give them the right amount of emotion. Be very careful about how you, you talk to people. I think we, we learn how to hurt people very verbally very young. And I think we, we know how to play that game. Uh, a lot of marriages are destroyed by it. A lot of relationships are destroyed by it. A lot of customers are chased off by it. It's not going to help you. It doesn't win you anything. Um, uh, think about the words you're going to say and the effect they're going to have on the other person, especially when you're dealing with people you have to live with, staff, you know, people that are in your business every day. And, and you know, if I lose a customer, eh, okay, I'll get more. Um, if I lose a staff member, a, a family member that's almost irreplaceable so you know be careful about you know how you communicate with people uh, and make sure you're communicating the right level of intensity for the situation that brings me actually to my next point in terms of internal shop communication and training your employees so how can shop owners promote a culture of better communication internally among their employees well, you can, uh, you know, uh, my son did a, Kent did a, a podcast recently about um, like benefits. And one of the benefits that he was talking about was uh, teaching your people how to handle their money. So bringing a money expert in to talk to staff. Why not bring a communication expert in to talk to people about communication? Uh, we, we had our summit where we brought in, I don't know, 200 clients approximately. And, and we, brought professional speakers in and one of the people gal named Shasta Nelson she's a relationship and communication specialist and she talked about you know relationships and building good relationships and she talked about communication why not bring somebody like that in to one of your regular company meetings by the way you're having regular company meetings you're having uh, in my shop weekly meetings to discuss problems and solutions and help people be on board and help people um, you know, understand the business that we want to be. Again, if you want to be the best shop in the United States, do you listen to your people? Do you have them participate? Do you have them help solve the problems of the business? The answer is yes. So in one of your weekly meetings, why not bring a, rela uh, a relationship specialist in or a communication specialist or a financial specialist? And so that, and then are you communicating? Are you setting the right example? Because that, I think that's something that, we, we, we give a lot of lip service to setting the right example. Um, you know, my dad was a great example to me. Uh, my dad smoked four packs a day and at the same, well, he had three, you know, two cigarettes in each hand, you know, one in each hand. He was telling me don't smoke. That's a pretty piss poor example for that. Now, the other thing is my dad was a very honest man and he took it really seriously. 
And so as far as I know, he never lied to me or anybody else for that matter. And if somebody did lie to him, it was a big deal. Um, and so, you know, do we set the right example? Are we working hard on communication? Are we communicating regularly and giving people the opportunity to communicate? I, I think it's funny. You go in these shops and they, many of them have that guy, you know, that, that really grouchy, grumpy guy that uh, is a tech and he's a fairly good producer and you kind of put him in the back and you don't want anybody to interact with him. So every once in a while, a service advisor will go back there with a, with a work order and, you know, hand it to him or he gets it through the computer and very little like hands off. Don't talk to that guy. Cause he's just going to be grumpy and grouchy. And then you, and you, you live with that day to day and then you expect the rest of your employees to put up with it and not, and not have it affect them or not have it send a message. Right. What are we communicating by our action or inaction? You know, uh, bring a communication specialist and uh, do a book club. Uh, I got some really great. There's a there's a a book over here. I think it's I think it's crucial confrontations. But let me let me pull up my. Uh, there's a book um, called Cru Crucial Conversations uh, by uh, Joseph Brenny uh, and Carrie Patterson. And there's also one uh, called uh, Crucial Confrontations. These are like really good communication books that will help you understand, you know, how to deal with those things. Uh, how to how to converse with people, how to be a better communicator, and uh, you know if you go in and you and you buy that book, uh, and you say um, you know Amazon's going to say here's five other books that people bought when they bought this book, and so you could and, and if you're not a reader, a lot of people tell me well I'll see so I'm not a reader. Okay, great, get it on, get it on, um, you know, get a a Kindle book or whatever, have it read to you. Um, are you are you making the effort to communicate or have you shut yourself off how many how many shop owners you know they're 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 in their late 50s early 60s they've been busting their home for 40 years it hasn't gone as well as they want and uh they've shut themselves down they're not hearing they're not listening you know and it's it's i have this shop owner and he's mad all the time you know and he's he's yelling at people and he's not getting what he wants i say you know what we try a different tactic. Why don't we stop yelling? Why don't we just say, hey, guys, you know, we're not getting what we want. You're not happy. I'm not happy. We're not very productive. We're not making much money. What do you guys think's wrong? How do you think we should go about fixing this, right? And get them involved in the conversation. Now, all of a sudden, we're on the same side. We're not, we're not butting heads. We're not against each other. Do I want to be on the same side or not? With my wife, you know, do I want to be on the same side or not? I can... I can create whatever I want to create. I know the exact words to say to make her not talk to me for a week. You know, um, I also know the things to say to open her up and 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 have a good communication. You know, a good conversation with her where we can actually get something accomplished. And it's scary, right? Oh my God, I might I might say what's wrong, and the guys might tell me what's wrong. Oh my oh my goodness, and then I might have to do something about it. Um, I don't know how. All right, well, then let's find out. Let's work together. Let's hold, hand. I'll hold your hand, right, you know? Um, and if you don't like me because my hair's too wide or I'm too direct or, you know, whatever, um, I can recommend 10 good coaches and consultants to you. They'll also hold your hand. But, but why keep settling for the same thing if it's not happiness and joy? 
in your lives. Great perspective there. I think it's really insightful. In closing, what final pieces of advice or thoughts would you share with shop owners who want to form a strategy for how they communicate both with their customers and their team? And what would you leave them with where they could build an action plan from all these great insights that you've been sharing with us today? So first of all, you know, I think everything starts with uh, a decision to, um, to, to ask for more, right? Not to settle for what you have. And um, even though it's scary, you say, you know what, I'm, I'm just not happy with where I'm at. And uh, you could be, I don't know, you could be 30 years old. Hell, you could be 10 years old, but you could also be 60. And then, and then you say, okay, well, geez, I don't know what to do. Oh, well, let's, let's go look. I mean, there's so many podcasts. There's so much, there's so much information online that, that I could go and interview 10 coaches without ever getting face to face with somebody. Right. Um, I could watch what they say and what they do. And I could say, that guy sounds like he's, he might be pretty good. He'd be good fit for me. And, and then I could give them a call or send them an email and say, you know, what's it all about? And I have some questions. And just so you know, um, guys like myself, most of us, we're happy to talk to you. And I'm happy to give you three or four solutions, uh, right, and, and help you uh, without charging you, all right? Because the hope is that you'll like what we give you and that eventually you'll say, hey, I think I want to be a client of that company. Um, so I think you have to make the decision that you want, uh, you want better. You want better for yourself. You want better for your staff. You want better for your clients. Uh, and then I would say create means of communication. You know, how many shops, how many businesses that you could go into and say, when was the last time you actually interviewed an employee? And you might find out that the average employee, it's been seven years since they had actually had a real interview. Well, I talked to them at their toolbox. Nah, that's not quite it, right? And uh, and then set up uh, meetings. It's funny. Uh, I'm, I'm teaching this class. I don't know, 46 people in the class, whatever it was, 50. And I said, how many of you have problems in your shop? Everybody raised their hand. So, okay, great. How many have more than one problem? Everybody raised their hand, right? And so uh, how many of you are having uh, uh, regular meetings with your staff? Three hands. That's it. Well, how are you solving problems? right? Are you, you know, who knows the most about inspections? Probably not the owner, the guy inspecting the car, the, the gal inspecting the car. You know, who knows the most about customers? Might be the owner, might not. Might be the person talking to customers, right? The people that are using your processes that are working in your business, man, they know what's not working. Why don't you ask them, right? Worst thing that happens is you disagree with them. Well, since you're not listening to them anyway, at this point, who cares? At least if you ask them, you give them the opportunity to tell you what's wrong. And then you have the opportunity to either decide to fix it or decide to let it go. It's up to you. So I would say create um, means of communication. You know, if you're if you're getting a lot of uh, calls from your customers at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, wondering what's going on with their car, well, you better look at your process of customer communication, estimation, estimating, and, and sales and find out where the disconnect is, or you better look at the expectations you're creating, right? Be very clear about your expectations. I'm going to call you at one o'clock. Don't say I'm going to call you after lunch because after lunch is different for everybody. 
I want a real clear expectation. Um, and I think if you make time to communicate and you make that a part of your company, like in the culture, is that we're going to have company meetings and everybody's going to participate. That's another thing, too. Uh, owners are like, well, you know, I've had, I had meetings and nobody would participate. Well, yeah, because you weren't listening, right? And it didn't make a difference. Can you make it? You know, if, if one of my guys says, you know, I'm really sick and tired of the fact that, uh, Cecil, you come out and at 2 o'clock every day and you're like, get get busy, right? Um, well, you know what? Maybe I ought to think about going out at 2 o'clock and saying get busy to everybody. Maybe there's a better way for me to do that, right? Um, or or maybe, I don't know, I've had meetings where I was personally attacked. You know, I'm 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 very direct. Sometimes I'm maybe too direct. Sometimes I don't communicate well. Sometimes I get angry. You know, blah 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 blah. But I don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to. It doesn't have to hurt me, right? And I think that's another thing about our society. You know, when I was a kid, uh, I fought a lot, and you know, my parents would be like, "Why are you always fighting?" And uh, they they did this and they did that, and my parents kept trying to tell me, "You're the common denominator in the fight." You know, if you choose not to pick up, you know, not to to hit somebody, then you, you're it's unlikely you're going to be in a fight. I learned that later, way later in life. But um, I can participate or I cannot participate. If you, uh, Will, if we get off the line and you say, God, Cecil, he's such a prick. I really hate that guy. I don't care, right? First of all, I don't know because you're probably not going to tell me to my face. But if you do, I still don't care, right? Because if you're in my life or you're not in my life, it's not the end of the world, okay? Now, if my wife tells me that, maybe I, I care more. Or, you know, if my son tells me that, maybe I care more. If one of my clients tells me that, someone who's paying me to work with them, maybe I care more, right? But it's up to you to take offense or not take offense. And I think we've lost that today in that, well, yeah, I'm offended by that. Oh, my gosh. First of all, it had nothing to do with you. Second of all, it wasn't, it wasn't even... You know, how can you be offended by that? That was meant that that was meant to offend somebody else, right? Um, create uh, communication in your business. Uh, you need to get to know your people, and getting to know your people is not. Well, I know they have a wife. He has a wife and two kids. Okay, it's what are they worried about? What are they concerned about? What is affecting them in the business? What could we do better uh, to make their lives better? And by the way, if my employees have better lives. My customers get better lives, and I get a better life. And and so stop being so angry all the time. Uh, no, you know, my life has definitely not gone the way I thought it was going to go. When I was 21, I was going to be retired at 30 with $25 million in the bank. You know, I'm 60 now, 60 plus, and I'm still working. Now I'm working because I love it, and I'm working because I don't have $25 million in the bank. But, but um, you know... Life, life gets tough on everybody it's, it, at points in time. It ain't just you. So stop being so mad about it and start doing something different so that you can change it, make it better. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Great place to close. Appreciate your perspective on this, Cecil. And if you want more of Cecil's amazing insights on this topic, again, we have a great free ebook on mastering communication in your shop. Uh, highly recommend you go download that. That will be in the show notes of this episode. Where can our audience connect with you and find out more about you and your business? We are theinstitute.com is our website. 
So that's W-E-A-R-E-T-H-E-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E.com because we are the Institute. And then uh, we actually have an online training uh, center, learning management system at gear4shops.com. And uh, there are a lot of um, classes on there. Some you pay for, some you don't. There's a lot of free education. Uh, And you can find us uh, on YouTube and Facebook and I don't know, everywhere else, frankly. But yeah, we are the institute.com. Look us up. Uh, We do a free uh, complimentary business evaluation. We're happy to talk to you. I tell people all the time, I have people, I just taught a class and somebody came up and they need help. And I'm like, look, you know, send me an email. Uh, We'll hook up a time. I'll give you 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, No charge at all. I'll do my best for you. Now, I hope that I don't get 55 people doing that tomorrow, but, you know, uh, it's got to fit in my schedule. Um, but I'm always wa- wanting to and willing to help. Uh, and, and you don't have to sign up for a multi, you know, thousands of dollars to get help. Uh, there's a lot of free stuff out there. So, again, we are the Institute.com. Come, come check us out. Thank you for joining me today, Cecil. We'll be back soon with the next episode of the Shop Management Show presented by Autoleak.